Welcome to Clean Slate by Desjardins, the podcast where there are no awkward money questions. I'm Jessica Morehouse, and in each episode, we're going to take a look at the turning points in people's lives and also look at young Canadians answering those big existential questions about their journeys and their finances. It's time to go beyond the money and see how these questions impact everything that we do. Clean Slate is by Desjardins, a cooperative who's on a mission to enrich people's lives. They're about more than just money. They believe in the spirit of community. Welcome, Andrew. I'm so excited to have you here and to chat with you. Cool. Thanks for having me. You're so, so welcome. Uh, I love everything that you do. I think you're, what you're doing is my secret dream of living in the woods and learning how to woodwork and just canoeing everywhere. Um, that probably won't happen, but that's a fantasy that I like to go to sometimes. So you run your own business, you're a woodworker, you also have a full-time job. How did you get into all of this? I'm mostly just trying to have a ton of fun out there, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, see, skateboarding is really the genesis for a lot of it, frankly, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you're always in pursuit of like the next trick and trying to do something that you've never done before. And I feel like, you know, as I'm getting older, you know, my legs don't work quite as well or all the same. Uh, I'm still trying to do the same thing, but in in different ways. So Mm -hmm. trying to build things that, you know, I've maybe never seen before, or at least in my way with my particular medium of skateboards and stuff. So Mm -hmm. yeah, just always trying to push, push a boundary and, and, you know, kind of stoke myself out, if you will. Yeah. Integrate kind of two new passions. Now with the woodworking, like how does one fall into woodworking, especially if you've never really done it before? How, how, how did you kind of find that new passion of yours? Right. So I knew I wanted to use the wood from skateboards. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how. Um, and there was just a wood shop that popped up, a cooperative with a ton of shop, a ton of classes, the Ottawa City Wood Shop, it's called. Uh, and just, you know, uh, on a whim, kind of enrolled in a shop, into a class and then uh, became a member. Uh, from there, I, I had a wonderful mentor, a couple wonderful mentors, but my my, my pal Richard Scott ended up really kind of showing me out, showing me everything. And if I had an idea that I had no clue about, which was pretty much all the time, <laughs> I'd just be like, "Dude, do you uh, do you have an idea of how I could do this?" And and he would, you know, help quarterback things, and mm-hmm. you know, so much so to a point where we've you know, to this point, built a, built a home together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, that's, that's how you make a good friend for life is building a house together. Totally. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why was it so important for you to integrate the skateboards into your, you know, woodworking? And also, you know, how, how do you figure out the price point to just like, you know, manage the financial side of things? So there's a ton to unpack there. I know. Products and pricing. How (laughs) does one start a woodworking business? Well, we're in a wonderful (laughs) home now. You know, you kind of look at some of the furniture and and the furnishings and stuff in there. It's it's really wonderfully decorated. And, you know, I kind of want to be in the conversation. I kind of want to be in the mix. So, you know, I kind of see something rad on, let's say, you know, some on one of the social media platforms. And I'm kind of, you know, I I could make that. I could Mm -hmm. kind of give it that my spin. So that's really a huge genesis. And, you know, coming from the skateboarding world once again, uh, you know, I shot a ton for the magazines, uh, photos and videos and such. And so, you know, being able to to kind of produce some media myself, you know, I was kind of able to to kind of give my products life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, certain things have kind of gone viral uh, on on Instagram, on YouTube. And yeah, it's kind of really 
you know, led to people following my stuff. And then whenever I make something, I've been generally speaking, very fortunate to be able to have a buyer probably on the other end. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I have, you know, quite a, quite a pre-order list as well for, for things like paddles. So yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome, it's been an awesome road. Have you tried a few products that just did not take like, Oh, no one wants this chair I built, but paddles for some reason, everyone wants a paddle. I wouldn't say that folks don't necessarily want it. Uh, I would say that it's maybe I've built it out. It's not up to my standard of mm. quality. Um, you know, at times I've built things like, uh, uh, knife holders, uh, magnets and stuff. And, you know, frankly, the magnets I sourced just weren't strong enough. And so, you know, had to end up scrapping the batch and stuff like that. Uh, exactly. You, you do this on the side, which I think is remarkable that you have this as your side hustle. You have a day job as well. And, you know, just thinking about when you're starting a business like this, obviously there's a ton of costs. You have to buy the materials and then there's also your time involved. And then, you know, I'm assuming marketing and, yeah. you know, having a website and things like that. Um, how important is it for you to, to kind of have the, the fallback or, or that um, security of that kind of um, uh, full-time income and then have that side hustle. How has that, I guess, affected your your business? Right. So so I would say that a lot of folks, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's very one or the other, cut and dry. But I've been very fortunate to have, like, you know, I've worked about 11, 12 years with the Coast Guard and I'm now with the Department of Fisheries and Oceans. Um, you know, I feel like our, my organization, my day job, I've, I've kind of had a really wonderful experience. I kind of mm -hmm. love my job, frankly, like, you know, serving Canadians and kind of doing doing what we do in the Coast Guard. It's kind of a sweet thing. Uh, and so, you know, to have, you know, it's, it's not like I've ever wanted to leave necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just been very organic to kind of do them both. Uh, to a point where, you know, I, I now work on media, on the media side of things for, mm -hmm. for, for the government. And, you know, it lends itself really well in the sense that, you know, I'm able to hone my skills during my day job and then kind of bring them even to some of my, to, to creating media for yeah. myself when I kind of build things, right? So, mm -hmm. so it's, all, it's all just kind of really worked out, I, I think, mm -hmm. from my perspective. And I frankly enjoy it all. So, so you do this on the side, you've got your full-time business. That's, that's a lot. And, and you spend, you know, three hours a paddle if you're making three paddles paddles a week, but you got nine hours dedicated, just making paddles yeah. every single week. How do you find uh, balance with your business, your job, your personal life? And uh, I guess kind of the other kind of question is, is there even any room to expand your business or is that something you even want to do? Right. So for me, honestly, it's, it's, it's a bit of a lifestyle brand. Uh, I, and I really enjoy uh, I really enjoy what I'm doing, frankly, mm -hmm. you know, the nine hours is nine hours I'm going to make time for because it's, you know, I want you know, I want my signature product. I want, you know, my, my thing to be out there, frankly, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's one of those where for me, I, I get a lot of joy from building that and also working with folks. And so, yeah, to, it's just, it's not even a question. It's really that that's a part of the balance period. It makes me happy, frankly. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, beyond that though, I, I certainly try and find enough time to, to, you know, to use my products. You know, I make products like this for a reason, right? I make coffee products because I love coffee. I mm -hmm. make, uh, paddles because I love being on the water and, you know, I'm able to use them and, you know, share experiences with people. So I'm mm -hmm. definitely beyond the actual making. I certainly have enough time to spend with my dog, spend with my partner and, you know, enjoy things for sure. Okay. So going back to kind of the, the financial side of uh, running a business, you know, you've got your materials, you have to dedicate your time. Obviously you need to pay yourself for your time. Um, you know, shipping costs, uh, how do you figure out the kind of, uh, the financial side of your business and how to price things and actually make a profit. 
Right. So, so that's, there's twofold, uh, there's twofold answer to that. First of all is looking at who's in the space mm. already. Um, so let's say in the paddle space, uh, there's a couple companies that, uh, price their products similarly to mine. Uh, and I basically kind of, you know, went after the, the pricing that they kind of had. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And then I also look at the time, uh, that was put into my products. So let's say when I build out one of my paddles, it takes roughly three hours and I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, and, and the price that I charge, I charge about $400 a paddle, mm -hmm. you know, I'm okay in that exchange, uh, for my time. And, yeah. you know, when it comes to materials, we're talking about $30 a paddle, uh, for different, for various woods. And a lot of that is reclaimed as well. Right. So a yeah. lot of my materials are recycled skateboards and it's all reclaimed product. So yeah, it just lends itself well, um, mm -hmm. when it comes to it, 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 that particular formula after having done some trial and error works for me. It sounds like you pretty much build whatever you want. Like mm -hmm. if you need something for your home, you build it, you're building mm -hmm. your own sauna, you have now your own little cottage getaway. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like a lot of that may have to do with um, just like the overall kind of minimalist vibe I'm getting from you and how frugality is really important. Instead of like going out and buying something that's pre-made, you're like, how do I learn how to make this and build this and, and have that? So I wanna yeah. kind of talk about the importance of frugality in your own life. Why is that kind of a value that you like to integrate? Frugality is important because you want to be able to, you know, if you have goals, you kind of have to, everything frankly requires resources. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, being frugal in the sense that, you know, am I going to go out every night or am I going to go out once a week? Or am I going to go out once a month mm -hmm. to, to a nice fancy meal? You kind of have to really know where those dollars can be spent otherwise. And I'm fairly, I, I'm super on the, the ball I'm super on the ball when it comes to understanding, you know, what, uh, what resources need to go into what projects. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say it's so much of it being frugal as much as it is prioritizing yeah. what it is I'm putting in my money into, because, you know, materials aren't cheap. So, yeah. you know, I'm not being frugal in the sense of, you know, I'm going to skimp on this material to go for this, mm -hmm. uh, because it's cheaper, you know, if, yeah, it's basically a stability thing. If everything I, you know, I'm trying to go for, optimal quality for the things that I prioritize in my life, certainly. Mm. So it sounds kind of like what I like to call intentional spending or just being very mindful with your money. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think that's kind of uh, essential when it's, uh, you, you're, you know, building all these things and trying new things. Um, yeah. but you know, since you said that you're pretty good, sounds like pretty good with your money. What is your kind of, uh, do you have a budget? Do you, do you make, uh, you know, having an emergency a priority? What, what kind of things that maybe you kind of learn to, to make sure that your business is, is doing well, you've also kind of integrated yeah. into your personal finances? Well, I certainly, you know, I'm pretty tight on my books. So, you know, when it comes to actual materials and things, I'm, you know, monthly, mm -hmm. I am on top of what I'm on top of what I'm doing, mm -hmm. frankly. Uh, I've also, you know, year after year, I certainly look at how products are doing and, you know, we'll cut things if I have to, and we'll, you know, I'll just continue to monitor certainly. And, uh, you know, for the products that make sense, like let's say my paddles right now, uh, you know, double down on those. And yeah, I certainly am just mm -hmm. pretty tight on monitoring what's going on mm -hmm. with regards to the resources where I'm putting them and then, you know, resources I'm getting back from various products. So amazing. Yeah. So you, I guess you do that with your, your personal finances, always tracking where yeah. money's coming in, coming out. So you can always stay afloat. And I, and I assume also planning for the future. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, it's, it's such a core part of even being able to save up for 
property and yeah. houses to begin with, right? To be able to save that down payment. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm fortunate enough to have great parents who, you know, I graduated engineering and I got an engineering job at a school. They were like, the first thing you're going to do with your money is put that into a home. And I was like, you know, reluctantly, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> I guess I kind of want to just party right now. But <laughs> they were like, you know, uh, we didn't move to this country so that you would just throw your money away. Yeah. So we're going to have you we're going to make sure that you do this. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'm very thankful that, uh, that has happened. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you, yeah, you got some good money tips from your parents. Is there yeah. anything else that you've kind of learned over the years that has helped you kind of get to where you are at financially right now? Things that have gotten me there, uh, would be making mistakes, frankly. Mm. You know, uh, when I first started out and making brands and stuff, I made a clothing brand and, you know, a collection season to season cost me like $10,000. Yeah. And frankly, you know, you front that money and mm -hmm. you see that as a, as a debt until you kind of make some of that money back, you know, certain seasons were better than others. Yeah. And so you learn really fast through looking at your credit card statements that, wow, that is not a really smart way of spending your money. So, mm -hmm. you know, honestly through making mistakes, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I would say that goes for skateboarding. I'd say that goes for woodworking. You know, you kind of really learn through just like messing up and making mistakes. And hopefully learning from those mistakes, not repeating them. Yeah. That's the essential thing, isn't it? Exactly. So you document pretty much everything that you do, like the A-frame, you know, there's so many amazing uh, videos you've created on, you know, uh, social media and YouTube. I'm curious, um, did the idea that, hey, I could probably make some income through this content, did that have a level of importance um, of like, yeah, I should continue to make you know, uh, YouTube videos, cause then it can right. help me earn income so I can continue making these projects or was it just a happy side effect? So it's a happy side effect. Mm. Uh, initially, you know, with me, I was just happy creating these videos for my products because I wanted people to just be like, I have this thing, you know, how many things do we have in our lives? Right. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, I want to know how that's made. And it's just like, you know, no, there's a video for basically everything that I've made. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want there to just be that, you know, generational thing where folks can look back on a particular product and be like, oh, there's actually like really clear, crisp, clear documentation. So that was really the genesis of it. Um, you know, kind of filmed the whole build of the, of uh, the A-frame build mm -hmm. without, there's no expectation at all. Right. And, uh, you know, out of nowhere, one day, um, I was, I got an email from YouTube basically saying, Hey, you're basically free to monetize if you want. Uh, and it's because my A-frame build like overnight kind of just skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, today I think there's like 2.6 million views on that. And frankly, the, if, you know, uh, I could just, I don't know the exact number, but frankly, the A-frame has been paid off for that whole build. And the oh, land. nice. <laughs> yeah. It's frankly been paid off for due to that side income. So it's been sweet. I've been able to certainly benefit from, you know, something I didn't know about initially mm -hmm. these days, obviously being a YouTuber is kind of a big thing and yeah. people aspire for that. But at the time, uh, you know, uh, five, six years or, you know, several years back, uh, it wasn't really in my ether per se. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not a huge YouTuber or anything now, but you know, grateful for the blips mm -hmm. of success here and there. And yeah, grateful for that experience. Um, I feel like you have a, a very 
kind of, uh, you know, unique or, or just kind of like, honestly, in my view, um, interesting way of thinking about money and even success. You know, you're not about just like rapid growth just for the sake of growth. You're really intentional with your money, intentional with, um, you know, the projects that you work on, intentional with pretty much everything you do, which I think is actually really awesome. Do you want to kind of share, you know, what your personal definition to say success or financial independence, what does that mean to you? So those can be two somewhat different things, but they, but they do tie because I think, you know, financial independence, not full independence, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. financial enough, uh, financial happiness or financial freedom Mm -hmm. certainly leads to regular happiness. And for me, that's the number one thing. I kind of really just want to be making things I want to be making, influencing folks, uh, you know, in, in a positive way, having really great relationships, being happy uh, for me is success, you know, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, and just, you know, just really ensuring that I, I have that joy de vivre and like, you know, kind of enjoying what I'm doing is, is everything. And then from there, you know, uh, I've been frank, I've been frankly successful. To, uh, I've been, you know, kind of shaping my careers, you know, shaping my investments yeah. and, you know, I'm not a financially, completely financially independent person by any means, but I feel like, you know, I have built up these assets and, you know, built up a brand that, uh, that I'm really happily and easily sustaining. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that to me is, you know, success. I'm happy. And yeah, I think anyone who's kind of on that wavelength, I suppose, um, is probably doing pretty well for themselves, Mm -hmm. hopefully. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, last kind of question for you, you know, it seems like you've got, you know, you're pretty happy. You've got a good balance. You're good. How do you kind of plan for the future? Like what do you see yeah. yourself doing or where would you like to be in five or 10 years? Yeah. So or even longer. <laughs> so frankly, yeah. So frankly, I kind of have like this life goals list written out I love that. that I straight up look at like weekly and I'm like, how did I feel this week went for me? How mm-hmm. did I feel like you know, that week went for me. I'm constantly looking at it. I'm looking at influences. I, I certainly have, um, you know, folks who don't know me or anything, but I certainly look at them as mentors and stuff. And I'm just like, how's that person doing with their brand or their mm-hmm. business or what they're putting out in the world? And, you know, um, I'm always kind of reassessing what I'm doing. I'd, I'd love to be, you know, like a, a bit of a master builder someday, you know, um, running courses, having people, you know, kind of continuing what I'm doing and seeing that, you know, they're able to build some of the products that I build, you know, coming in with very little skill, mm-hmm. leaving on the other side with smiles and, and, and happy experiences. Um, yeah, I just kind of want to continue with that and, you know, someday, you know, have my products in, in like a secondhand store and someone really picked that up and like, how was this made or, or, you know, like this is a really cool thing or, you know, have generations of folks pass, you know, maybe my products down and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, keep sustaining and keep having fun, um, push my, pushing my limits and yeah, just hopefully having folks, uh, you know, having folks be happy and have my products and having them live on for generations, hopefully. See, asking questions about money isn't so embarrassing, is it? All you have to do is start the conversation. Now, I made this podcast with Desjardins because they believe that you need to start early to build a solid financial mindset. Good habits lead to great results. There are so many amazing stories out there that help us answer those big questions we all have but it's really important to talk about these things without taboos or judgment. I really hope you enjoyed what Andrew had to say. Click to listen to the next episode of Clean Slate by Desjardins, the institution who's on a mission to enrich people's lives and build community. 
For now, I'm signing off. I hope you enjoyed yourselves, and I hope you listen to the next one.